You've now locked into Living Blessed, the podcast, where we're talking the highs, the lows, the darkest moments that we've all hidden from the world, and everything in between. This is the moment of truth. This is why we're living blessed. And now, your host, Jovan J. Palmer. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Living Blessed, the podcast. I'm your host, Jovan J. Palmer. And as always, we got special guests coming on the podcast, sharing transformational and vulnerable moments. I got no other than my brother, Savon Williams, on the pod. What's up, bro? How you feeling? I'm blessed. Living blessed. Living <laughs> blessed. It, man. Appreciate you, here. man. I'm happy to have you, man. It's been a, been a little minute, man. We trying to get you on for a little, a little second, man. So um, go ahead and introduce yourself, man. Tell the people about you, man, who you are and all the good jazz, and we're going to jump into it. Yes, sir. So I am Savon Williams, a.k.a. the father of success. Um, I am a credit specialist as well as a financial literacy advocate. Um, I do things in regards to creating digital products as well as tangible products that assist parents with interacting with their children and just uh, learning tools. So, again, I'm happy to be here and we have been waiting a while to do this together. I'm happy to have you, man, but <clears throat> I got a question. Yes, sir. You said AKA father of success. Break that down for me. Well, interesting because when I... Uh, named them success i remember initially i told my mom she's like nah don't do it don't do that don't do that this is literally probably right before he was born she's mm -hmm. like nah don't do that and uh i was like nah we do i'm doing it that's gonna be too much pressure that's gonna be too much pressure on them mm -hmm. and i was like I, I feel like names whatever you put into your child you'll get out of them mm -hmm. so from the start i already knew like that we was gonna name him success probably when he was six months into his mom's belly. Mm -hmm. So yeah, father of success, it, it's the truth. Got you. So how old are you right now? 29. 29. Yes, sir. Success is how old? Just turned three, December turned 21st. Three. Okay. So you had him at 20, what, six, 27? 26. 26. Mm -hmm. What was it like? Was he a was he a child that you was you know, trying to have or was it just like an unexpected birth? Um unexpected birth because at the time just my wife now uh but my fiance at the time had mm -hmm. just traveled to kansas city i was out in kansas city working for the social security administration and literally maybe the first month once she had moved to kansas city with me months later we found out she was pregnant and so it's only me and her out there our entire family or mm -hmm. my entire family is in atlanta and her mom travels in regards, shout out to Mama B, but she travels with her job, mm -hmm. so it was just us. So we kind of experienced the pandemic way before it was even a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Meaning, like, with it being so cold in Kansas, when success was born, not having any friends around, not being able to really go outside, we was just locked in. So you're fresh to Atlanta. Huh? You're pretty fresh to Atlanta. No, no. So I, I'm from Atlanta originally, okay. but I went to Kansas City to work for the Social Security Administration mm -hmm. in 2017. So Jess came in 2018, 2018, March. She came out there. Mm -hmm. We found out April. I remember it was around 4-20, Found out she was pregnant. Success was on the way. Wow. So yeah, it was like that. So everything that we had planned prior to her coming, once she got there, we got settled in. It's like, okay, now we about to have a baby and we out here. How do we get back? Because the whole plan was after you do a year in Kansas City, come back to Atlanta. Mm. So now it's like, all right, now we really got to get back to Atlanta. But how are we going to be able to transition and get back? And obviously we about to have a child out here in the, in the middle of nowhere. So yeah, it was it was it was different what were some of the challenges of parenthood at a young age <clears throat> i felt like it was challenges even prior to actually well let me ask you this do you consider it parenthood when the child is still in the womb or once the child is birthed i say still in the womb in my i don't have i don't have kids so forgive me if i'm wrong <laughs> but i would say in the womb just because you're transitioning your mindset to become a parent. The moment That's you right. find out you're pregnant, you know, find out you, you know somebody's pregnant, I believe like, oh crap. Cause once upon a time I could have had a kid, and mm -hmm. I was like, oh crap, I don't know how to be a father. 
Yeah, I was thinking the same thing when I when I found out of when I found out it's like okay, we really about we about to do this. Mm-hmm. But initially, I felt like I was already going through a transformation when I was out there by myself. I was like on this journey from living in the fast life, living in the city, to being in Leavenworth, Kansas, and I was living in a trailer uh, with one of my coworkers. And that just happened from the grace of God, because initially I was staying in an Airbnb, just living in a room by myself. And I really just uh, the way I end up work, uh, staying with my coworker was because I wanted to be able to propose. I needed to be able to save some money to be able to get the ring to propose for, to Jess. Mm-hmm. So being out there and literally, like I said, and this is what's interesting. My coworker, her son played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. So you would have initially thought that, okay, you know, we going somewhere. Yeah, yeah. We was, Leavenworth, Kansas is the same place that Michael Vick got locked up at. That's the federal penitentiary. So everybody gets sent there. They also got the state of Kansas uh, jail out there. So it's the Fed pen, the state pen, as well as the military. You get in trouble in the military, they send you to Leavenworth. So it literally was nothing out there. It, it's not a place. Uh, I, I would say it wasn't a place necessarily for me. However, mm-hmm. my coworker, Miss Amy Angel, she was a, she heaven sent because she always looked out for me. You know, always helped me any way she could. And likewise, I was able to help her get do some things as well. And, and you know, we kind of like uh, what do they say if you have a crutch we was each other crutches mm-hmm. held each other up in times that our family was apart from each or we was away from our family yeah for sure um, yeah so you mentioned the fast life let's go to that world what was yeah. it like man yeah so man just trying to trying to figure it out trying to make a way me mm-hmm. i did not graduate from college okay uh back in school during when i was in school I was going to other schools. And when I say other schools, my sister, she went to Prairie View A&M. So initially I started in Baltimore. That's where I met my wife, came down, or at that time was my girlfriend, came down back to Georgia State. So I'm back home. But I wasn't really going, like I was in class, but I would leave class, go fly to Houston for a party for the weekend, because my sister in Prairie View. Uh I go to fly to Houston. I come back on Tuesday, find out as soon as I get from the airport, I'm going straight to class. Oh, we got a test today or we got a quiz today. I'm like, oh, but I'm like, I, I was feeling not feeling. I know I learned more through experience, through traveling, through meeting other people. And that wasn't the only school. I was in Ole Miss. They used to call me the mayor because I used to be <laughs> in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Like everybody know my cousin played for the basketball team. Jeff Newberry was played for the basketball team in the uh-huh. Big 12. So. I was going out there. Sometimes I was out there. He didn't even know I was out there until I pulled up. He's ah, oh, I didn't know you was coming out here this weekend, or I didn't know you was coming out here. Yeah. So I was moving around, traveling, uh, just not really focusing more so in school because I already had two jobs at the time, and I already was staying on my own, had bills, had responsibility, and I just felt like, you know, what what I'm learning right here is not really helping me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to get out of that. I had to, I didn't say I had to get out of school because I always said I wanted to, to finish, but I felt like me finishing school would have been just just literally for my mama, not for me because I knew, like, I should have stopped going to school probably a year prior mm-hmm. before then. Like, I, I always feel like I wasted a year or, you know, student loans. Yeah. I feel like I wasted a year just simply going back to try and prove a point, but it's like, look, I'm not – uh, this foreign language class is not necessarily gonna, not helping me. The class that I wanted to be in, I couldn't get in. I didn't like the core. What what did they call it? Like when, core classes? Well, my core classes, but they make you take these other classes that didn't have anything to do with like the, uh, the electives. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't get with it. The 8 o'clock, 9 a.m. classes and astrology and, and stuff like that, I just wasn't into. And it's like those was the classes that I was either just not going to or just failing Mm -hmm. but in regards to my communication classes i had all a's and my first year in college i had 3.9 gpa but i told my mom then i'm like look i'm not going back to baltimore i'll go to the army 
before I go back to Baltimore. And she told me, she said, you go back for one semester, then you can come back home. And then that's when I came back to Georgia State. I went back for one semester. That's when I met Jess. Mm. So I feel like everything happened for a reason. So that's in regards to the education part. Yeah. But even after that, so we get into it. I had an edible business. Yeah, I had an edible business. Um, and this was this is what's interesting. I used to take the edibles to work, and my supervisor they would buy like I would payday was really payday for me. So you getting paid twice? Exactly, exactly, exactly. So my supervisor was buying like pans, and I had every it was it was. It was something different. I, I never really looked at it like, dog, I could get in trouble for this. Or, dog, like, you know what you're doing? It just was like re- everyday life, re- regular part of life for me. And then mm. I'm making brownies, cupcakes, you name it. You name it. I, I can make it from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Baker man. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, pressure cakes. Pressure cakes. pressure cakes. Yep. Had business cards and everything. And you were not scared like, yo, because like we. At that time, it definitely not what it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. I wasn't. And it, I check this out. I used to catch the bus to get to work. So I'm tra- I'm moving around. I'm catching the bus to get to work with with the pan on me, with, with everything with me. But at the same time, people just thinking they regular brownies are like, true, true, like you true. know, you think anything of it. You're not gonna think much of it. So was this during fatherhood time or no, 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 no. This is way. That's why I said like, you know, in regards to when I was out there, when I was out there in Leavenworth, all I was doing was listening to audio books and you know watching interviews. That's actually the first time I I seen. Uh, David Shans mm-hmm. on YouTube when I was out there in Kansas, pretty yeah. much locked in. It wasn't no TVs out mm-hmm. there. So I'm just looking at stuff on my phone, working two jobs at the time. I was working at uh, FedEx as well as Social Security. I had a graveyard shift at FedEx, but just trying to stay busy, stay mm-hmm. locked in. I really was feeling like I was in jail when I was out there. Really? But I always felt like this is better than jail mm-hmm. because, of course, at least I could still call my family when I like anytime I wanted to. For but sure. I'm away from everybody. What? So, like, being away from everybody, what were some things that you felt during those moments? Like, was it, like, you know, some times of alone, aloneness, or was it some times of, you know, you just feeling like you couldn't make it? What was it like being away from everybody that you've once known into a different life? To be honest, I was so focused on, like, when I came back home, I was going to mm. have some information to be able to put people on to i was always like nah when i i'm coming back and when i come i like i literally envision or act as if i was in jail so you know how like when sometimes people wait 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 you took your life away to kansas and put yourself in a mental state of jail yeah i I felt like it was but i felt like it was like the best place for me because i knew like again every day we was passing the federal penitentiary that thing bigger than the white house Every day we pass in the state pen in Kansas. So I'm, I was like, I'm blessed in regards to where I'm at. I'm living blessed to be where I am because mm. I know where I could have been initially mm. just not even thinking. But at the same time, it's like with this information that I'm learning now, when I come back, I'm going to do something great. When I come back, and this is prior to success. Yeah. But I'm like, when I come back, I'm going to do something great. I don't know when I'm going to come back. The plan is to be up here for a year. And then be back home within a year. It didn't take. I mean, it it wasn't that smooth, but it ended up happening that way. The the biggest issue that I had wasn't necessarily uh, like, you know, your friends sometimes not gonna call you. It's it's the same thing. Like people don't pick up the phone, but yeah. it's just the distance in regards to the relationship with me and Jessica talking, and you know she wishing i was here why you leave go to kansas city or why you do this Mm -hmm. and it was somewhat on a on a uh it wasn't nothing that was super planned like i I heard about the job my auntie told me about it i had worked in social security that was the best job i had initially that was my first job out of high school Mm -hmm. uh but then i went to baltimore so when they offered me a full position i left i told them like no i'm going to school in baltimore so i they had a, a government freeze for like four or five years and then they opened back up. So at the time, my auntie told me about it. I applied for 
South Carolina, the state of Washington, Kansas City, and then Kansas City ended up calling me and was like, we need you out here in two weeks. And it's like, I ain't never been in Kansas City. I don't know nothing in regards to anything. All I know is an Airbnb that's close. So I'm about to just book it, book this Airbnb here, and we'll figure out, the, I'll figure out the rest later. But mm-hmm. I know this is a, 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 would be a good position for me just to somewhat transition. Gotcha. And I can say I was, I was struggling with, you know, being in a fast life. It's like how you go from doing this to now you working for the government. Yeah. It's like, but at the same time, I'm not sure if you uh, read this book. And I actually got put on this book by Nipsey Hussle. It's called um, a spook. It's, it's set by the door. Say it again. No, it's uh, this. What is it? Uh, the spook. Spook by the door. Spook I think it's by, by Sam Greenlee. But pretty much it's in regard, they got a book for mm-hmm. it too. But Nipsey Hussle was gonna make his final album inspired off of this book. It's about um, pretty much a CIA agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, and you know, they was talking about him, they was calling him Uncle Tom, all this stuff like this, but he was really going in to learn the information to bring it back to his people to start a revolution. Really? So I took that role on. So. To- do you, th- I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead, go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, no, no. So that's somewhat like what I was thinking. I'm like, I'm working for social security. That was the only way I could think of to be like, cause you working for the government. Like, you know, mm. when you moving around, you not, you, you want to stay away from the courts. You want to stay away from anything that's police or anything like that related. Mm-hmm. But now I'm work, I'm literally working in, I got the badge. I'm seeing the president every time I walk in the building, all of that. And it just was like, wow. But I had to think like, how can I make this beneficial or how can I not look at myself like this? Yeah. How can I take the information I'm learning and bring mm. it back to my people to where they can benefit from it? Do you think, do you think what Nipsey doing, what he was doing, reading that book, do you think that's part of his passing? Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely feel like that was I don't think it was a, uh, I don't really believe, I ain't going to say conspiracy, but mm. it's a reason, it's information out here in the world that if people get too powerful and they, the powers that be don't, they don't want you to be letting this information out. I do believe that they'll knock you off mm. regardless of if it's your brother that do it to you or it's a random person that do it to you. It's just a matter of time. And like me, I was a Nipsey advocate since like I was in 10th grade, ninth grade. Like everybody that knows me would tell you I was probably the only one in the school that when everybody was on that Lil Wayne wave, I was like, nah, Nipsey Hussle, Nipsey Hussle. This was before Crenshaw came out. And people used to be like, nah, I mean, he cool, whatever, whatever. But this was early on. But I would always say like, Nipsey not no rapper. Like he like a profit like y'all listening to what he actually saying mm-hmm. and then the fact that he would do everything that he said like that was real big for me so like i would always listen to him when i was down and or just feeling some type of way about stuff that was going on in life when i was in high school i'm listening to Nipsey hustle you know keep your head up and everything yeah. in regards to that so yeah I, that's how that's what really helped me in kansas city mm. so let's go back to childhood mm-hmm. um what was your childhood like my childhood, honestly, me and Jessica always laugh at this because mm-hmm. she try and tell me like, oh, you ain't do this. Or she be making jokes like, you ain't had cable when you grew up. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, for one, you don't never know what you talking about. Like, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. I'm like, yes, we did. But I didn't have a cell phone. I ain't have a cell phone all throughout high school, but uh-huh. I thought that was normal. Like sometimes I would take my mama's cell phone to high school and folks used to like laugh, but they just knew I was a jokester anyway. I would yeah. tell for, sometimes I would take the cordless phone to school <laughs> just, just so people be like, oh, you got, I'm like, man, I got a phone too. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, growing up in the household, when I was young, uh-huh. it was a, a, a full household. Dad was staying there, okay. uh, but I don't remember what age it probably was like around middle school or yeah it probably was around middle school he no longer was living there so it's just Mm. my mom taking care of me and my sister my oldest two sisters went to college so mom's like held it down you know 
in in the strongest way yeah. you know and we had we did have a a, a great support system my mm-hmm. aunts miss janice like my my friends moms was like my moms miss yeah. zoo like they really took care of me and and assisted me as if i was their child that's why i, I called them mama now mm-hmm. but um i would say it was a time frame i think it was high school because i went like two two or three years folks don't know this but i went like maybe two or three years at least it felt that way without talking to my daddy not knowing where he was at mm-hmm. and not you know what i mean but then like when i started playing in high school started playing basketball in high school he would call me and ask me about the games and stuff and i remember back then i used to be like somewhat like wondering why he calling me asking about the games and he wasn't calling i'm like well, man i ain't talked to you in two years like yeah, what's yeah. Like, where you what you got going on but you know i remember it was like some spite i had some spite towards him mm-hmm. around that time during that time but it's funny how th- as you get older you know when i was in kansas city my daddy called me every day and remember like when nobody else really calling me yeah. all my friends that when we was throwing the barbecues and we was doing this we were having the pool parties and everybody was pulling up and they wouldn't hit me up or you know i would probably have to reach out to them to see what's going on mm-hmm. and i found out they weren't even hanging out like that like literally we was doing stuff every weekend before i left because again i'm making the cakes like we having part we having functions <laughs> we gonna we gonna lit backs that's what we was calling it not lit the kickbacks it's lit backs so it was and we was i don't know so our a relationship got much stronger during that time and then like that success favorite person in the world mm. my daddy like so you know we 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 tight we super tight now but i remember back then it's just like where you go like has he ever told you where he went nah i'm gonna get him on the podcast though we're gonna <laughs> talk about it we're gonna talk about it. and i didn't even know like mm-hmm. i did a podcast or maybe i was uh just interviewing my mom one time and she was telling me like it was times where she was taking care of me and my sister and she probably was only making anywhere from like ten dollars an hour twelve dollars an hour and i'm like what yeah she was doing it though like because i would have never known mm-hmm. like i felt like i wasn't missing out on anything like and that's why i said jessica always say oh you ain't had this growing up i'm like man i had everything growing up because mm-hmm. i really didn't want for nothing it wasn't nothing that i wanted like literally i would be at school all the time because i played basketball mainly in high school in middle school i played football growing up i was in sports and my dad put us in sports mm-hmm. so you know that's where i could say we had a, a super big connection but it was definitely a disconnect once uh him and my mom got divorced mm-hmm. and they like split up i don't know i know i don't know where he was at i guess trying to get it together you know have you ever wondered um so what are some of the thoughts going through your mind as like you know you like your pops is gone now it's just your mom's raising you did you feel this halfway as far as like you know manhood as far as like manhood goes because it's like you know your pops is there and he's to groom you to be a man and then he's gone for he said two to three years no, so he when i say gone like didn't talk to him for two to three time. years yeah like, yeah nothing at all yeah yeah so what's going through your mind during this uh these years um yeah i'm thinking about basketball i'm just thinking about playing sport i wasn't really necessarily thinking about it until he started back calling mm-hmm. like when he started back calling <laughs> i'm like what's really going on yeah like where you been at or why you asking me about the game and how the game went i don't even want to talk about that i really don't even want to talk at the time but you know what else was going through my mind i was never i wouldn't say i was always thinking oh i wish uh, i wish he come back or something like that because it never really uh it never really just was on me like that now all my friends had their dad stay with them like mm. my best friends all three of them they dad stayed with them but i didn't really feel like i was necessarily missing anything like i said a lot of the game and stuff that i learned mm-hmm. came through nipsey hustle came like i, so you I found an outlet yeah yeah for yeah. sure for sure like i was learning a lot of different stuff in regards to growing up about you know you're gonna have ups and downs and mm-hmm. different things one through sports but also like just through music but yeah. specifically i'm gonna say nipsey hustle 
Okay. Because, man, I, I just remember even like being in college, it was rough times. I remember when I was in Baltimore, the fr my freshman year, I ain't know nothing about Baltimore, but I know it wasn't no place for me to necessarily be. Like, you can't just be walking around in Baltimore. Like, what was it like coming from the south, going to the north? Because so, you went from Atlanta, which I don't really know what Atlanta was like back then, but you went to Baltimore. Well, and this was what was interesting. I could have went to Albany State and played basketball. I had a couple places I could have played on a scholarship, and mm -hmm. I was like, nah, I don't want to go. You're nice. Yeah, I, I said, I don't want to go nowhere where somebody know me or I can see somebody around here that I see all the time. Mm -hmm. So the South was off limits. Yeah. And then uh, it was another school that was in Ohio. I'm like, man, I ain't really trying to go out there to Ohio. So it's like DMV, Baltimore, The Wire. It was funny. When I went to go get my uh, TB test, uh -huh. the doctor told me, he's like, why you go to Baltimore? He, he, was, he was an Asian doctor. He said, why you go to Baltimore? He said, it's only two good things in Baltimore. He said, the harbor and The Wire. He said, Baltimore, not good place. I'm like, I'm like, what? And I again, I never been there, but I'm yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. I'm going, I'm about to hit it up. So, you know, went there. I feel like the people in Baltimore was great, mm -hmm. and even like New York, I, I met like a whole region of different people yeah, that I would have sure. met in the South, and I was the one that somewhat stood out because everybody said, "Oh, you country, or, oh, you talk like this, or, you talk like that." And it's like I hear that when I'm here, like in Georgia, people tell me I, I'm country or I talk like this. So that one, that one, no issue, but. Mm. I don't know. I just, I, I guess I can say I've always been one to say I don't mind going somewhere by myself and I'm going to go. Mm -hmm. Like, whether it's going to festivals, Tomorrow World, or going, you know, living in a trip. I can live anywhere. I'm like a chameleon. Yeah. I'm going to adapt regardless, but I'm smart enough to know, like, oh, yeah, I got to get up out of here. For sure. Like, even with Kansas, after I, I had two run ins with the law in kansas but that was on like some traffic stops type stuff mm -hmm. and for one i thought they got you for edibles no 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 i wasn't no 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 i'm so glad because it's like they you would have thought they act like i was about to rob a, i was robbing a bank or something the way they pulled like they pulled me over brought like three cars and i'm like oh i know where i'm at and at this time success was born <laughs> mm. so i'm like i was driving lyft i'm driving lyft and uber like later nights taking people just trying to make some extra money yeah. while working with social security mm -hmm. and like they pulled me over because out there in kansas they don't even have like street lights in some parts of the like it's super dark i, I remember it was like 2 a.m 2 30 a.m and i just dropped somebody off i'm trying to get home so i got the bright lights on because it's deers that be running through there all the time so i got the bright lights on cop pulled me i didn't even see the cop they was way down the road pulled me over while i was about to get on the highway mm -hmm. and they was like uh something about you can't you can't be driving with your bright lights on i'm like ain't nobody on the street he said yeah but i seen your bright lights when you was turning and i'm like what? where was you and i'm like okay and then on the ticket it said failure to dim but then he asked me like so you been drinking boy and i'm like oh here we go i'm like nah I so ain't what been you drinking. feeling like because the white man called me boy I'm, I'm feeling type of way well so again i'm thinking like let me get back home to my son that's my hope because I know where I'm at. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Like, you know, I always would say this to anybody: like, you got to know your surroundings and know when other folks got the upper hand. Sometimes mm. it's better to just relax <laughs> and get home safe rather than because yeah, he he called a whole nother cop pulled up and he, they had me do a, a alcohol test and they had me count the what they had me count to like 30 doing all the odd numbers joint, yeah no they didn't make me walk but then they asked me somebody did i have any drugs or something about alcohol and just, what's my highest level of education and just all these different questions i'm like what they got to do with anything i'm like and you said you pulled me over for failure to them not for speed and not for running no and i didn't even think that was something that you could literally write me a ticket for yeah I but i'm that. like i'm like nah let me get out let me just i'm just trying to go home it was at a point where whatever they was asking me i was telling them i'm just trying to go home bro i'm just trying to get home i ain't got no issues i'm just trying to get home and one of the cops was cool the second one that came over was kind of cool that first one he was itching Mm. like he you could tell to push that, that that's the one yeah. that was on the boy stuff and uh -huh. what's your highest level of education i'm like what that got to do with anything but 
you know I, i'm happy to be back safe or be back home mm -hmm. well, i made it home i remember I, when i got home i think when i finally got in the car i probably was so mad i don't even remember if i shed tears but i was just mad because yeah. i'm like bro i gotta get out of here like mm -hmm. i gotta get out of kansas because this ain't no place for me to be like that's right, a right. situation that could have went ugly and this was prior to um the george floyd incident this was before george floyd or any of this but i know where i'm at like mm -hmm. literally it was no light if they could have did whatever they wanted to do with me out there for real and because it, it was no cars so you would call that something like a sundown town yeah for sure because i wasn't in kansas city kansas at that time again i'm driving lift so wherever they taking me wherever i got to drop them off to that's where i'm going and i don't even remember where i was at mm -hmm. but all i know it was no lights it was no street lights out there and i'm like look i'm trying i was probably like 45 minutes or 40 minutes out of the way i'm just trying to get home it's already late that was my last ride but everything happened for a reason and mm. that's what kind of like put the pressure on like all right look i don't care what happened i gotta get back i got like two or three months to get back because mm. the whole plan was already originally to come back but after that that was my second time getting getting a, a a ticket for some bull the first time they was like trying to tell me because i had a georgia driver's license they could take me to jail what yeah they was like well how long you been in kansas i, I worked for the social security administration i've been here for since october and i don't remember what month it was they was like well you know it's against state law if you don't have a kansas id or if you don't have whatever id and i'm like no nah, i didn't know that and they then they asked you have you been drinking i'm like why you pulled me over officer they was like well you you they, it was a stop sign back there i'm like man i know it's a stop sign that's because i stopped but it's just like i'm like let me just get home mm -hmm. i'm just trying to get home because at that in in that situation you really don't have no upper hand especially yeah. knowing where i'm at because mm -hmm. it's like if i get in a jam other than calling jessica who i'm gonna call like it ain't nothing that I can necessarily do. And I remember if I would have still been out there, by the time it was uh, for me to go to court for the tickets, I was already back home. I, I was already back in Atlanta because I was like, nah, I'm not even going to. I ended up having to pay those tickets. And I was I was pissed about that because I thought both of them was bull. But Absolutely. And the job wasn't trying to let me go. Like, they wasn't trying to transfer me. Really? Man, that was that was what was difficult like i was trying to get home and they was like nah we had to come up with all type of stuff and then just to go back on your question in regards to getting prepared like that that postpartum the the, the anxiety of being by yourself mm -hmm. and us just being a, a, not around the type of love that you would want to be around yeah. when you having a child it was difficult like being in the freezing cold we been down here just had been down here for five years so mm -hmm. to be now even though she from maryland kansas city cold is a different type of cold oh, in sure. that midwest so it's like not having no friends it was a tad like i i feel like we had to go in the mode or i had to go in the mode where it's like okay gotta level up in regards to my knowledge i can't keep doing the same things that i've been doing you know I'm blessed to be where I am today and be as free as I am, but you know, it just was difficult, bro. It was, it was just, I don't know. I wouldn't wish that on nobody. Let's speak to some of those difficulties. Um, mainly, like I said, it was more so. Even when with Jessica would ask me, like, "Why mm. is we out here?" Yeah. Like, why is we? And I can't. I'm like, cause you know, I never been the one big on a on a job. Like, right. It's right. like. Well, we are, we we gonna be coming. We gonna be moving. When is we going back? Like when is we going? I want to be around my friends. I want to be around, you know. And I'm like, soon. But the job is playing. Mm -hmm. The job is playing around with me. So they was not trying to let me go. We had to get like doctor's notice and all type of stuff signed off. And by the grace of God, they finally and they sent me back on a temporary mm -hmm. notice. So like. It's interesting because we always was playing uh we always was playing chess when they was playing chess because they thought i was coming back i knew it was over with for sure like not the job was over with but i knew i wasn't coming back they sent me down here on 60 days to come back up there mm -hmm. and i'm like no nah, that's all i needed to hear 60 days we initially moved back jessica and success came back 
maybe a week before me and we were staying with my moms mm-hmm. and i remember that was like the hardest nine days i probably gonna ever had <laughs> just being away from six that was my first time ever being away from success mm. it, since the time i was the first one he seen when he was born up until now like it, it's rare that he might spend a day or so with my mom but most of the time you know he always with us sure. or he always yeah. with me always mm-hmm. even when i'm traveling handling business that's why i felt like it's like i gotta build a life and business around a whole brand around being a parent because i know the importance of you know i don't ever want him to go uh asking where where, where was you at you mm-hmm. know what what happened then so i just taking accountability things that i grew up with as well as things that jessica grew up mm. you know uh in her past and, and people that i met through social security like yeah. i told you prior before we started filming i met so many people that was like homeless that was young or or older that was having mental that was having mental disabilities and i would ask them it's 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 funny because the people that act crazy mm-hmm ain't the ones that's diagnosed with nothing now that don't mean nothing but a lot of times they be acting the ones that really was it was cool like you could have a conversation with oh, them and sure. everything they would come to the social security office and just be chilling but you knew they could snap on you if they if they wanted to but mainly it was always a good conversation like sometimes they enlighten me mm. so you can't never really judge a book <clears throat> by its cover because you don't never never know what somebody gonna went through so the mind state of other individuals whether they were young or old i i met so many different people that had to you know bear losing a child or losing a spouse and now they coming in trying to get survivor been they trying to put their life back together you know so it's like and i did this, this was like 26 so most people at my age don't really be thinking about nothing like that For so sure. i felt like i was in a situation where i was able to be grateful that that made me working at social security made me grateful for the position i was in living in the trailer living in, so that's why i was like you know what when i come back i'm gonna have a lot of information i'm gonna put something together or i was always saying like i'm gonna do this for my people like we gonna do this i always was a a, a team it was always a team effort not never like trying to put myself or i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that it was always i want to make the team win mm-hmm. so yeah social security was a blessing just because i never thought i ain't know nothing about medicare i didn't yeah. know nothing about disability not i was never thinking about you know uh I, I was never thinking about even people are people our age think they gonna live forever or they think they spouse or whoever they date and gonna live forever it's like you want to make sure that you taking care of regardless you want to make sure that you learning so if the person that you depending on if the person that's your rock leave you gonna be all right because mm. i seen i met a lot of individuals that wasn't all right whether it was a husband that relied on his wife to do everything from cook to even handle all the bills like of course he might have been making the money but she was handling the finances now she gone and he don't know how to do nothing and he just like in shambles yeah or vice versa the wife was depending on the husband now he gone he made all the money now she got to figure out like what what it is that she's supposed to do so let me ask you this um going through all of that mm-hmm. it sounds like a mental strain like yeah i have to hear all the you know people dying and the mental you know mental illnesses and stuff like that like how would you deal with that mentally it for me it just gave me more gratitude mm-hmm. but one thing i heard or you know just would always tell me you got to have more empathy for the ones around you because it's like you know when you feel like your friends or other folks is family members is complaining rather than when you just seen somebody right across from you that's like really going through it and i would always try to tell i can tell you a story about somebody that's really going through it yeah we going through tough times or we going through hard times i would always say i had a I've always been pretty mentally strong mm-hmm. through whatever situation I was in. Like even when I'm super down, don't have nothing, I always know it's gonna turn around. I always know it's just temporary. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't know where that came from. It might just come from listening to Nipsey Hustle so much. I would say my mom instilled that uh, in me because again, when we 
when we was making the best out of everything. Yeah. So, but mentally stressful after a while, it definitely did. Especially when I came back to Atlanta working, you know, when we when COVID hit and now we got to sit in the house and I got to be on the phone with these people and they just going in, going every day. Every day is mentally stressful. I remember every time clock, I was about to clock in, my stomach started hurt. And I'm like, my supervisor used to always ask, it seemed like you're going to the uh, bathroom every right before you about to clock in. I'm like, yeah, because I would come back. I would clock in maybe like five, ten minutes late. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. And then she was like, uh, maybe it got something. Or somebody said something to me like, maybe it got something to do with anxiety. I'm like, yeah, that might be it or stress. And I used to always say, like, man, it's a nice day outside. I wish I could take success to the park. Yeah, like, I yeah. wish I could do this and I don't want to be here right now. Like, so once I was able to break free and be like, you know what? This is that. That's exactly what I'm going to do. So I'm always grateful for the position that I'm in, even when things is not looking up. Like mm -hmm. when I'm able to just spend time with success, cause I'm like, man, that's a lot of people right now that's want to be here, want to be doing this, whether they want to see their child and don't have the opportunity to, or a child might be looking for their parents and their parents ain't around for whatever reason. Their parents might have passed or, you know, I'm always super grateful because I just know things can always be a lot worse Absolutely. than what, what it currently <laughs> is. We we literally live in bliss. Even at our worst times, we live in bliss. We just got to tweak a few things to get yeah. that breakthrough. That's how I always look at it. Hey, man. That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Because you think... In your situation, because during the pandemic, I was working for the state as well at DFACS, and that was like the most stressful time of my life. Like, to the point where I just stopped caring. I stopped caring about the job. I stopped caring about the clients. I stopped caring about everything. I mean, parents calling me, snapping off on me, and typically I'm just like, all right, I'm let you go. I mean, I'm snapping back off my parents. And at that moment, I said, yo, Joe, it's time to go. When did you know it was your time to go? I'm so glad you asked this question. <laughs> Bro, listen. So when the pandemic happened, I felt like it was a blessing because, again, we had already went through it in Kansas. So mm -hmm. we now I obviously physically was going, catching the bus, going to work. But literally, other than that, we was always inside. And then they have snow days and stuff. So we wasn't doing nothing out there. But I knew it was time to go. Once COVID hit and we working from home, mm -hmm. bro, I would say at least for like six months straight, I would clock in. I would clock in. I hope ain't nobody from Social Security watching this. <laughs> <laughs> I would clock in and roll over. Like I, I, I think we might have had a morning meeting or something, uh -huh. but we didn't have to show our cameras. I, I might type a message or something like, good morning, whatever. Man, I would roll. I would at least sleep for like three or four hours when I was supposed to be on the phone for like six months straight. So it's a it's a whole. It was like you know what, you know, I'm Dang. still in time. I'm like I'm still in time from these folks. I gotta get. I gotta go ahead and go before they get rid of me. But yeah. at the same time, like when I was working, I was mm -hmm. working. Right. But I remember one time. I don't even know what I was like, man. I'm tired of being. I'm about to. Go. I walk. I just got up, walked to the store to go get some gum in the middle while I supposed to have been on the clock taking calls. Oh, you I just, bro. It was it was over with. Like I just already knew. I'm just I'm here. I, I'm clocking in. But you, they would have never thought that. Mm. And then and then it ended up being a blessing because I think like three months into COVID, I, they was trying to. I, they, I had finally got. Um, I had finally got the, the permanent position. So I had already got the permanent position, but now COVID hit. Mm. Now I got to do training because now I'm working in the field office. Before I was at the national, so I was on the hotline when they was calling in. Uh -huh. Now I was seeing people face to face, but I got to learn different things working through the field office because they move a little different. But that training, bro, when I tell you I was trying to rush, I was trying to rush through that training mm -hmm. because I was sleeping for like the first four hours every day for like four to six months. Just because I'm like, that's when I knew it was time to go. I was already saying prior to COVID, probably mm -hmm. like, like, nah, <clears throat> I got to do something else. But 
Yeah, I was not about to be on the phones for eight hours. And even though that they had me on train, I literally only had to be on the phones maybe like three hours during the training. I had to get my naps in or or that's when I was, you know, studying credit, working on. I was doing two things at one time or sometimes when I was just fed up, it's like, you know, what, let's go to the store. Let's go. You know, I just when I tell you, sometimes I just I, I, I can just be a, a rebellious at times. Mm-hmm. Or, Where do you think that comes from? Um, I know what happened. The so around the time when the George Floyd incident happened, mm-hmm. my office ninety five percent African American. Like my managers, supervisor, everything African American. Pretty much in downtown Atlanta Social Security office. Mm-hmm. I remember, and then they was actually uh doing the protests and all the all the stuff was going on right outside of our office downtown. Yeah, so. I remember, I'm thinking they was going to say something that just, like, once COVID first hit, they used to always check on us. Hey, we just want to see how you're doing mentally. Make sure everybody's doing okay. When the George Floyd incident happened, they didn't say nothing. Two weeks went by, and I'm like, 95% of us is black, and y'all not mentioning nothing? Like, what is going on? But I know the powers that be probably told them that they can't say nothing mm-hmm. on it. But that's <clears> when I'm like, man, you got to look in the mirror every day. If you can't speak on it or you can't check, you ain't even reaching out to see if I'm all right or if somebody else is okay because these are stressful times. And obviously, the people is calling the government on that. Like, now they really mad. Oh, for sure. So we taking the we, the brute you know, force of it. Mm-hmm. Once that happened, I realized like, oh, nah, they not in no type of control or, you know, they not, they, they, they choosing a job over, you know, just being human. I was like, you know, it, it's whatever now. So, yep. So you made the transition out. Were you scared? I wouldn't even say that I was scared. Uh, mm-hmm. I think about it more now because I can't say that I ain't never thought about not not going back to Social Security, but Mm -hmm. going back to work. I wouldn't say that because at the end of the day, as a parent, you got to do what you got to do, especially if business might be moving slow. You know, you got to transition, pivot, do whatever you got to do to make sure that you're not putting your family in the worst case scenario just because you want to be an entrepreneur. You not you want you entrepreneur, but business is slow like bills and stuff do not stop mm-hmm. so i wouldn't say i wouldn't even say that i was yeah i, I would say that i would say that because i remember two weeks prior i told my team i'm like you know what i'm i'm leading this job and it was like a run-on joke i was telling people because they thought i was on vacation yeah and i said i quit my job they just don't know it yet and i was telling people that and they was laughing i'm like no i'm not going back i went to miami we, went, we flew to miami for an event after that came back I think I got on a call because I told my supervisor I I had one I had one call and they was I don't know I don't remember what the caller said to me or what he was mad about but he was just going in about something and I'm like man I ain't got to take this stuff so I sent my supervisor a message like look I'm getting off the phones right now I need the next two days off no actually this is before Miami Mm-hmm. So I already had two days off for Thursday and Friday, yeah. but I told her I need the next two days off. I literally, I, I need the next two days off or I'm going to resign right now. And she was like, wait, 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 Let, let's get on the call. Let's get on the phone. <laughs> she talked to me for like two hours. She said, Yo, well, you know what? And then again, she said this, and I, I like Miss Miller. She was good to me, but she was like, I'm going to give you the next day off. I'm going to give you the next day off. And then you come back on Wednesday and hopefully you'll be on you you relaxed and because I know you got a family you don't want it but she didn't know nothing that I had going on or mm-hmm. she didn't know anything in regards to my credit business nothing like that but she was like you don't want to just leave the job we you do great here so I'm gonna give you tomorrow off and you know you just come back on Wednesday I said all right I had two I said I was having the next two days off so Tuesday and I had Wednesday off. When I put in the time sheet, I put in 16 hours instead of eight. Mm-hmm. So I said, whether she approved it or not, I told her I was taking them two days off and I knew I had the other two days already yeah. off. Uh-huh. Went to Miami. We had a great time. Came back. I think they, they was checking on me, trying to see how, if I was good. Like, nah, I still feel the same way. Mm-hmm. It was like, well, maybe you can have, uh, what is it, F? FMLA, oh, yeah, yeah, sir. Maybe you can do the FMLA. <laughs> you can take some time off, or I'm like, is it paid? 
So I end up looking to see how much time that I had mm-hmm. left. All right, let's schedule that. So I'm just milking them at this point because I I had told them two weeks prior, like, nah, I quit my job. They just don't know it yet. So then they they just couldn't believe. They didn't know why, why, why would you leave? And I'm like, nah, just the mental stress. My stomach ain't. And that's when I know. I said, my stomach ain't hurt in two weeks. Mm -hmm. Like, I've been enjoying it. I've been enjoying it. Business is booming. And then it got to a point where I couldn't juggle both at the same time while I'm trying to Mm -hmm. work the job. Then trying to deal with the client, I didn't have the systems in place, so it w- was much harder. Hands on, yeah, yeah, everything yeah, yeah, was hands yeah, yeah. on. So it's like, you know what? Nah, I'm good. And for the life of me, they was just like, they did not, they couldn't believe it because mostly everybody at Social Security gonna been there 15, 20 years, and then they even the HR person told me. If you you gonna been here over three years now, because I was going on my fourth year, they say after three years you pretty much good. Like you gonna have to do something crazy to get fired. Like for us to get rid of you, like you you young. I was one of the youngest ones there. Like they was thinking I was gonna be there like 20, 25 years and move up and all of that. But I'm like, nah, this this not my passion. I'm appreciative for mm-hmm. everything, everybody that I met. I still talk to uh, 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 quite a few of them that I because. Uh, they might have been entrepreneurs or they was they wasn't uh what i would call you know they thought outside the box as well those that wanted to do wanted to leave the job still might be working there right now mm-hmm. but still got aspirations to leave i was just the one that told them i was gonna do it and end up doing it sure. and then they was like i respect that and they they gave me well wishes and always checking on me and vice versa so uh, I'm, I'm very appreciative. I feel like you get put in different situations for a reason. Sometimes mm-hmm. you might not know the reason, but yeah. looking back at it, I feel like Social Security saved me. Being in Kansas saved me. I always, Jessica would tell you Kansas was the worst experience ever. Like really? just being her, out, just yeah, okay. just being out there. Like, what's the worst ever? She wish she didn't go to Kansas. Like, why? She's like, we came right back here. Like, but for me, mentally, just on the the way that I was moving. It was the best thing that I that could have happened to me for real. Mm. Like sometimes you gotta sit down, slow down, <laughs> and then it started to come together. And then you start to really map out a plan and YouTube, like YouTube, different courses. That's when you know I wouldn't be right here if I wasn't. I feel like if that didn't happen, so nah, that that was it for me. So what's the business now? Now, in regards to financial literacy, I help people with funding. I help them repair their credit. I also have a course. Well, the course hasn't dropped yet. Well, I don't know when this will be dropping because the course will be dropping within the next two weeks. I credit success. Uh, It's a credit repair course that is going to teach you everything from the basics to credit mastery. And when I talk about credit mastery, that's in regards to USC codes. Um, Right now, the one thing I love about credit is you always got to be studying, especially when you study in the law. Yeah. Like you all, it's always something new to learn. Like right now I'm learning in regards to how to remove utilization. Cause that's a whole different game changer. Imagine you got $50,000 in credit card oh, debt. Slow down. Yeah. You don't learn to remove utilization. Yeah. So let's talk about this credit stuff real quick. Yes, sir. Right, let's really get into it. I got some questions. Absolutely. I, I got some questions, too. Not even questions. It's uh-huh. just like, I would say this. I didn't suffer from imposter syndrome because I knew how to do credit. And I did my own, Jessica's, and my sister's mm-hmm. way before I even jumped out. There. <coughs> mm-hmm. So I joined this organization, and it was like a financial literacy organization. A lot of people had questions. It was over 1,000 people. I had all the answers. Mm-hmm. That's when I realized, like, oh, I can really help other folks For sure. because I, I know this information. I already got done it. But it's just, and it might be different industries like this as well, but it's so many people that will hear something and then they take it and then try and teach on it or try and speak on it without even doing it or just they only got bits and pieces of it. And it's like, it's just bad on it. It it hurt the whole industry. So, like, I never wanted to be boxed in as, oh, I do credit repair. Oh, I do this or "I, I just do this. That's why... You know, whether it's the Birth of Success podcast or it's Success Don't Sleep or is I Credit Success or it's called I See Success Solutions. That's the name of my business. Success is the center of everything. So my niche or my audience is parentpreneurs or parents, you know, that's trying to pivot, that's trying to learn, you know, 
to get their foundation back in order. Last year, I was able to assist a lot of entrepreneurs in regards to getting funding, obtaining funding, whether it's personal funding, business funding. Um, my sister, you know Jamila. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. was she actually got that was able to get her like seventy eight. She got seventy seven thousand, and now she got a food truck on the way. Like literally, it's being right. she is is it's in the process. Of, yeah, yeah. So we just waiting on it. Okay, and, okay. And her whole goal initially was to get the food. Like she'd always say, "I want the food truck." Like even back the summers when we was doing our thing, mm-hmm. food truck was the goal. But it's like, how do you get the food truck? So because I had studied the information, I knew what to do. I'm happy that we able to do that, and y'all gonna see uh, that that Mila's cupcakes on wheels, sweets on wheels coming real soon. Right now, it's like a custom truck. She mm-hmm. was able to she's able to get built out, so it takes like three to six months. But she's one of the very many we've been able to get funded. But my thing that I, I realized this year is mm-hmm. I'm more passionate about clients that's able to get homes, close on homes. So like. Even in the month of January, December and January, I had four clients that was clo- that I worked on their credit previously. They got homes, and at, obviously, being a family, being a family person myself, mm-hmm. I'm big on family, and I know that's the foundation of everything. For so, sure. you know, or home ownership is the foundation of everything. So, I kind of pivot from just working with entrepreneurs in regards to funding, and now I'm partnering more with uh, realtors and brokers, loan officers to assist people that need to get their score boosted or get things removed so they can close on homes. That's like what I'm, my vision this year, I'm trying to help 200 families close. Mm. So I can only do that by having, you know, partners, affiliate partners, referrals from different uh, realtors, brokers, loan officers. I'm even reaching out to people that own like, to do plastic surgery. Not not plastic surgery, I mean, I said loan officers. Now, I actually have helped somebody that wanted plastic surgery. They needed their care credit. But loan officers, realtors, is somebody else that I that I've been reaching out to. Realtors, real estate agents, loan officers, brokers, really anybody that's in the real estate industry, mm-hmm. they have the clientele that I'm necessarily looking for. Because before it it's like with credit we know it's the foundation of everything everybody know the importance of it but some people will just like shrug it off until they actually need it when they need it they car break down now i'm trying to get a car now i need to you know man i wish my credit was fixed but at the same time i gotta get i gotta get a car our transportation we need the transportation or what's another reason folks always need may necessarily need credit they child might be in a, they might be living in an environment that's not best suitable for their child, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's outside <coughs> or the school system. However, they can't really move because they credit ain't in the right place. Right. Not necessarily just to even move into a home, but so rent an apartment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just go to a better part of better part of the city. They not able to do so due to their credit. Mm-hmm. So it's like when I find people in those positions, those are the people that I like to reach out to and help. And I know a lot of people for some reason they're afraid to ask for help yeah for I, sure. I used to tell my friends all the time and it's, <clears throat> it's crazy like it's still a lot of my friends that still ain't reached out and i would i used to hit them up until i do it for free like look bro show whatever you got on there because i'm thinking like look i want to i can get you a hundred thousand mm-hmm. i can get you a hundred thousand in funding i know what you got going on right. so i can help you but first we need to make sure that your credit is a1 because if it's already a1 then why are we not getting no funding? I don't understand. Like, it's not making sense to me. But I think sometimes it's uh, more so pride. Mm. Folks got a lot of pride. Yeah, folks yeah, got to, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is in regards to credit. Uh, some folks might be scared, but they know me. Like, mm-hmm. my people know me, so I don't know what it is. Like, some people just lazy. <laughs> some people just be <laughs> like, you true. know, it is what this it is. is. true. But a- a- ask me your question you had for me in regards to the credit. Cause yeah, so it's just like, with the credit situation, um, it's like people really don't understand the importance of credit. How do you, because you're, you're big on the whole parent side of things. Yeah. How do you stress that to, you know, the importance to parents about, you know, why their credit should be good, not just for them, but for their kids? Absolutely. Well, for one, we always envision or want to give our children the best life possible and we want to put mm-hmm. them in positions where they, it's a win-win 
Yeah. So whether it's going out of high school, as mm-hmm. soon as they leave high school, now they have an 800 credit score instead of them having to, whether they go to college or not, yeah. whatever it is that they may want to do, uh, if it's they want to rent live on their own, now they can actually purchase a home because mm-hmm. their credit is in place because you had them as an authorized user. You've been building their credit up. You've been teaching them things in regards to credit while mm-hmm. they was growing up. That That's one of the main reasons that has triggered me in regards to creating financial literacy flash so we can teach them young mm. because early on i can't and my mom would tell you like she didn't have as much knowledge towards the credit she would always she she knows to make sure her credit is strong but she can't tell you how to build it she can't tell you she would say 30 percent utilization or lower not keep it at 10 percent less than 10 percent is actually going to make a stronger impact on your credit score than 30 percent 30 not gonna really hurt you but it ain't gonna really help you Mm -hmm. neither so it's like things that i had to learn through trial and error and just figuring it out again me being on my own us living on our own early i had a couple credit cards and burned them like spending on rent spending on vacation stuff Mm -hmm. like that burn them but then being able to remove like once I was able to remove the collections and things like that, I'm like, okay, I'm starting to understand this. But then able to do it for Jessica and then able to do it for my sister, able to do it for my other sister. I'm like, okay. But still at that time, I was never really thinking, you know, make a business out of it or, but I just thought about, remember when I was in Kansas city, I said, whatever information I learn, I'm going to come back and impact my people one way or another and then after reaching out to my friends it's like all right well if they don't want to help it was strangers that was reaching out to me that was asking for it so mm-hmm. it's like all right i don't mind helping like I, I would always say anybody that's about to start a business and it, people always say don't look don't look at your family don't look at your friends to be the main one because you always think like i gonna grew up with these people like they mm-hmm. know me they see what i got going on they gonna be my number one support for sure but it don't it don't be working out like that gotcha. strangers you got to go to the people that actually need your help mm-hmm. so that's why you want to be one of the best and that's why i say i'm always learning like i'm good in regards to where i'm at i can yeah. remove anything but people not really talking about removing utilization and, and things of that nature like auto loans not not the ones that's repos but like your current auto loan getting them up off of there like mortgages like it's all kind of tricks and stuff things you can do in regards that's all to legal. credit yeah that's all legal because it's law because that's what you use you using the law you're not doing no type of hacks or nothing like that now they have hacks that be going on but those run out and usually when those run out those people fade away mm-hmm. like they catch on to something they figure out how to do it they run it up and then they disappear and that make it bad for people that's in my position that's really doing it because I get so many clients that say, or, you know, prospects, I was burned by this person before, or, you know, I, I went to this person and this happened. And mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I'm sorry to hear that, but, you know, I, I can just tell you what we going to do different, but at the same time, people got to want it. You can't want it for others more than they want it for themselves. For sure, for sure. All right, so we're going to do a quick commercial, man. I just want you to wrap it up, man, okay. and let uh, everybody know where they can find you. Okay. And uh, I want you to close us out with something. I should show the flash. Hey, you got them with you. Yeah, you know I always <laughs> got these things. Oh, is it dope? Yeah, I got, I'm got. i getting some bigger boxes, but they okay. don't come in a Friday. And then I'm going to have a QR code on the boxes. So, uh-huh. like, what I want to do is either have them, like, in a school setting or, like, where teachers could have them with the entire – yeah, you can pull them out looking – Teachers can have them with the entire classroom, and then if a parent or somebody wanted to purchase them for themselves, they'll be able to do the QR code and pull them right to the website, and they can purchase and get them. These are really dope. Yeah, Jess, look, man, Jess, Jess be doing it all. She, she, she didn't do the. Uh, I had my graphic designer in regards uh-huh. to the logo. I came up with the words and the definitions, but Jess found the actual physical cards because at yeah. first it was just digital products. But I'm like. You know, you want to interact. Yeah, yeah you got to have you got to have something tangible mm-hmm. and them not the paper cards that you can like little rip up or nothing like that. And it's r- real stuff that I, I call them uh, life lesson, life lesson cards, because mm-hmm. it's not 
nothing in regards to it's not just flashcards it's stuff that you gonna need to learn in life for sure like save right. emergency funds I, I put some new some upper words in there like fintech fintech banks and stuff like that but mm -hmm. you want your child to know about growth the difference between needs and wants yeah things of that nature this is lit i wish i had this as a kid for sure but again everything i i come up with it just based off watching success even the even the digital flashcards mm -hmm. he start he started getting on that tablet all the time and i'm like yeah, all right if you're gonna more. be on that tablet i gotta create something so it can be you learning on that tablet not saying that he not learning on there but mm -hmm. i just like okay if you on that tablet other kids on their tablets yeah too. yeah so how can we create something so i started with the digital but i'm like nah we need the tangible and they and that's why initially mm -hmm. i said i wanted to wait to come <coughs> on the podcast till i had the actual cards it yeah, took yeah, a little for minute sure. for us to get the cards but we load it up now all right all right so this episode is sponsored by the Embolden Institute, the only text line that I know that's sending out daily text messages of words of affirmation and encouragement. Text me 404-476-6780. That's 404-476-6780. You can text me the word affirmation to be on the affirmation crew, or you can text me the word heal to be on the healers club where we tell them sending out messages of encouragement, positive vibes, and good energy. Savon, man, close us out, brother, and appreciate you coming through. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Message to all the parents out there. You're doing a great job, whatever situation you're in currently, just know you you more than enough. Mm -hmm. A lot of us sometimes have doubts. We have fear. It's a lot of mental anxiety, a lot of things going on in the world. We don't know which way is up, but just know you're doing the best that you can and you're doing more than enough. Continue going and always know that pain is only temporary, you know, mental anxiety that can only be temporary things gonna be better sometimes you gotta break down before you get your breakthrough oh man you close it out solid brother yes, appreciate sir. you man listen that's another episode of living bless the podcast we are out peace